Now, you're probably familiar with Grand Designs, right? You've, you've watched the show before. We follow the stories of people who, who are building the most incredible homes across the UK. And uh, when you watch it, you always find out that a couple run out of money, that they run out of budget, as they attempt to transform a wasteland or a floodplain or an abandoned barn or something else into the most stunning home around. Well, tonight we're going to have our own mini version of Grand Designs. And tonight's renovation is no different. In fact, it's possibly the most costly, ambitious, grand kind of build that have a feature on the show and it's been running for 20 odd years and uh, and and it comes with a little bit of a twist though and here's the twist right it's not some multi-million pound cliff edge mansion but it is your life it is your character it is the way you think it's the the decisions you make the stuff that makes you tick the way you respond in good times and bad times it's about your purpose it's about you, your life, and your character. And uh, can I have my slides up, please? On the, on the, is that all right? That'd be great. Because, um, yeah, here we go. Oh, it's like being on TV. Um, and, uh, and I'm delighted. I'm actually delighted tonight that, you know, I've got a special guest on the telephone who's going to be journeying with us as we go through our own grand design. And we're going to learn from the wisdom and expertise of grand design's very own host, Kevin McLeod. He's actually joining us tonight on the telephone. And uh, Kevin, it's a, it's a real privilege, uh, you can hear me on the telelink, uh, to have you with us here tonight. Uh, what do you think of tonight's grand design? Oh, hang on. Oh, people build for all kinds of reasons. Uh, yeah. Some people our age build as monuments, build a house as a monument to ourselves. But this sounds to me like you're trying to rejuvenate yourself. Absolutely, Kevin. We are exactly trying to do that. We are trying to rejuvenate ourselves. We're, we're actually trying to rebuild our whole lives, our character. And, uh, and I know, and I know you guys know it too, that my life needs a little bit of renovation, okay? Thanks, Prudence. Um, always know the truth, the spirit of truth comes from Prudence. Um, and uh, here we go. Uh, let's get the list up, because um, there is. I, I would love to say that my life was full of love, full of joy, full of peace, full of patience or forbearance, full of kindness, full of goodness, full of faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. But I know it's not. And actually, if I compare my life to that list up there, wow, I'm probably a disused barn that hasn't seen anything except a cat walking or out of it in about 30 years. You see, my life does not look like that completely. It's its own shell, and it needs a completely new renovation. It needs restoring. It needs making whole. And, you know, I don't know about you, but would you like to be renovated with some of this stuff? I mean, wouldn't you like to fully know God's unconditional love in such a way that it just oozed out of you unconditionally to everybody around you? Wouldn't you love to be filled with so much joy that no matter what circumstances came your way, you were just filled with this unquenchable joy? 
Wouldn't you love to have patience that, that knew no frustration? Wouldn't you love all of this stuff? Wouldn't you, yeah, you know, wouldn't you love kind of kindness so you could share with your families and, and your friends and, and even be kind to that guy who stands up on the front stage with the maroon jumper who talks too much and still say something nice to him at the end of the service? You know, compared to that list, I'm well short and I'm going to need a heck of a builder a heck of a builder to sort me out. Kevin, what do you think? Years ago, if you wanted to become a skilled builder, you would apprentice yourself to a master, a, a craftsman, a, a, a chippy, a, a plumber, a bricklayer, perhaps. These days, of course, well, we have the internet. You can learn everything you need online. If you fancied, for example, converting an old cow shed into a home, uh, then all you have to do is to switch on your laptop and, well, I mean, within minutes you can become your own master craftsman. Apparently. Well, obviously that is not a good plan, is it? You can't just go onto Google, go onto YouTube, watch a couple of videos and become the master builder a plumber, an electrician, a carpenter. You just can't do that. I, the other week, I like my coffee, and I found that you could tweak the coffee machine to make the coffee grind a little bit finer, which makes it stronger. So I thought I'd watch a YouTube video and do that to my coffee machine. So I watched this video in Spanish, it had no subtitles, and uh, took it all apart, tweak, uh, tweaked this little cog, and then put it all back together. The good news is, right, it still grinds coffee. The bad news is it only cuts the bean in half. Um, you see, if I, if I can't fix a coffee machine watching YouTube, I'm never going to be able to build a house watching YouTube. It's just not going to happen. If you want to build an amazing house, then you need to employ the right build with the right skills, the right experience. And it's the same for our lives. You need to employ the right architect. You need to employ the right builder, the plumber, the right electrician to rewire us from the inside out. You see, if we want to have a grand design of our own, the grand design of love, peace, patience, kindness, all of that stuff in our lives, then we need to employ the right builder. The right builder with the right expertise. And there is somebody who I know who fits the bill, right? Because he is the builder who breathed life at the very beginning of time. It's a pretty impressive CV that, you know, he goes around breathing life into all things. That's what he does. And so he's got the skills, he's got the experience, and his name is the Holy Spirit. And in Galatians 5, Paul talks, is talking to Christians, so he assumes that they've already kind of encountered the Holy Spirit, that they've already been filled with the Holy Spirit. Uh, you see, when, whenever we kind of pledge our lives to Jesus, whenever we choose to follow him, we are filled with, with God's presence living in us. And as the Spirit dwells in us, he offers to undertake the renovations that we desperately long for in our lives so that we can have that grand design. But it doesn't mean the Spirit simply comes in and takes over and does what he wants. No, we, we reserve the right, the, the control, the ability to, to, to kind of give him space to do it. 
we choose how much we want to allow the Spirit to transform us by giving him full access to our lives, full control over the renovations. And this is what Paul means by when he says, live by the Spirit. Or I want to say, let the builder build. So great. If you're following Jesus, if you know Jesus, then the renovations are underway. They're started under the original builder's careful eye. But just as we started, there's a, a snag. You know, build, if you've ever had any builders, they love a snag. And there's one here tonight. Kevin, what do you think of ours? Oh, hang on. Hello, Kevin. You still there? Can I have the next slide? Come on, Kevin. Kevin's coming back. Come on. So I'm trying to get my head around this because to restore and stabilize a crumbling scheduled ancient monument and then build a new house within it is about as far from simple as you can get. Don't mince your words, Kevin. Um, and I'm not that old, actually. But anyway, our build has a seriously big complication, a worryingly unwelcome snag. Just as we reserve control to say how much the Spirit can come in and transform our lives, so we have the same control to say, actually, nah, not in there, not that bit. I'm keeping that to myself. And we can hinder the work of the Spirit in our lives, and, and, and we can say no to him. I'm going to go a different way. I'm going to do it differently. I'm going to do it my way. And Paul calls this grand design snag the desires of the flesh. And the flesh is not our physical bodies. It's, it's the effect of sin. It's sin's corruption in the world, which has corrupted everything. It's corrupted our thought processes, our, our physical bodies, and, and the whole of creation. And yes, Jesus did defeat sin and, and its corrupting effect on the cross. And one day, it will all be eradicated, and it will all be made good, and it will all be made great, but... Until that day, the flesh spars with the Holy Spirit, hindering his work in our grand design. You see, when we become Christians, we don't kind of leave this world. We don't completely kind of disappear and go to somewhere heavenly and become kind of resistant to everything immediately in this world. No, we're not cut off from the internal and external pressures and desires of sin. But we continue to battle against them. We continue to be kind of rudely interrupted by them in our lives day by day. And, it's, and it seeks, and the flesh seeks to undermine and to, to gut the renovations that the Holy Spirit has already begun to do in our lives. And so we find ourselves asking or doing or, or thinking things that, aren't in line with the people that we'd really want to be. I don't know whether you've found this in your life too, but you find yourself saying something or doing something, and then like a couple of hours later or a day later, you think, oh my goodness me. Oh, why did I say that? Or why did I do that? That was so unkind, or that was so unloving, or that's just not the person I want to be. 
But then you find yourself doing the same thing again, and then the following week, and again, and again, and again. And sometimes it's a pattern that you just can't get out of. You just can't seem to beat it. You've all been there. It's not just me, right? Uh, Amy's been there, thanks. The rest of you are paragons. You're like you know, amazing people. Right, anyway. But me and Amy are there, you know. And the things of the flesh are so kind of desirable. Um, can we get the list up? I don't know whether this is working. Oh, it is. There we go. The things of the flesh are so desirable. And, you know, look at it. Let's be real with each other for a moment, right? Look at that list. It's a catch-all. It's a catch-all. None of us can claim that, that we're completely immune from the effects of one, two, three, or maybe all 15 of those. And the more we allow the things of the flesh to take hold, to take control, to dictate what we do and how we live, the less room there is for the Holy Spirit to do what he does best, to transform us into his grand design. But let's bring uh, Kevin back in. And uh, Kevin, left unchecked, what happens when we allow the flesh to take control of our grand design? Oh dear. These are just the bare bones of a house, a half-finished, desolate carcass, not unlike an abandoned James Bond film set. Ooh. And it could have been so much more. And it could have been so much more. Could have brought so much more of God's amazing love and life into this world. So how do we overcome? How do we overcome and avoid the snags of our great design? How do we become, how do we not become that abandoned James Bond film set? Well, Kevin's got a few more thoughts. Let's hear those. Project managing yourself is no way to save money. If anything, the budget could end up escalating for lack of professional management. The world spends 13 billion pounds 13, sorry, 13 billion dollars a year on self-help. Products and services designed for self-help. But as Kevin said, they ultimately fail. They are no way to transform a life into the kind of grand design that we've been dreaming about tonight. You see, because the flesh always gets in the way. But fortunately for us, Fortunately for us, we're not called to conjure up the strength inside ourselves to transform us and to to overcome the snag of our grand design because we just can't do it. And that's why we keep spending money and money and money and money money on these self-help things because they're never going to work. It's only by the Spirit, His power in our lives that we can overcome the flesh. You see, because when Jesus died on the cross, he defeated sin. He defeated its corrupting effects. And it is Jesus' flesh-defeating spirit that lives and dwells in each one of us who follow Jesus. And as we give space for the spirit, and as we turn to the spirit, and, and in one version it says, as we walk, so as we choose that way of living, he helps us to, he leads us away from the things of the flesh towards the things of his, the things of the spirit, the fruit of the spirit. 
bringing out peace, joy, love, patience, kindness, thankfulness. But unfortunately for you and me, we can't just say one prayer, Holy Spirit, come into my life, transform me with all these things, and you're the perfect human being. Unfortunately, it does not work that way. Yes, the Holy Spirit does it. Yes, it is his work. But we have a part to play in it as well. We, our part is, is creating space in our lives, not just at church on a Sunday evening, but day to day, hour by hour, creating space for the Holy Spirit to work in our lives, to, to renovate us, to bring out his fruit in our lives, that we may see love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control erupt and occur naturally as we, as, as we are transformed by the Holy Spirit day by day. Kevin, what do you think about that? Oh, oh blimey. Gate posts and a drive. Oh, the building. Oh, my word. How could I have doubted the new beginning hovers above the scarred earth, a clean island in the mud? The closer you get to it, the kind of wilder, the kind of bolder it is. The building has all the poise and resilience of a prize fighter, ready to resist the rising tides. Can I put it any better? <laughs> When God does his thing, when we give him space to do his thing, he transforms us from the inside out and brings all that good stuff to bear in our lives. He produces it, he grows it in our lives, and you can't pick which one you're going to have. It's, it's all one. It all comes as a single package, right? And the Holy Spirit grows it and fertilizes it and renovates us with it all but we've got to choose to follow it. We've got to choose to go that way, to give space to God to, for him to do his thing. And let me give you a quick health warning as we come to, a, come to a close. It's not always the most comfortable thing. It's not always the most easy thing because it makes us face our own flaws. It makes us face us and the bits of us that we perhaps don't like too much. But is it worth it? Is it worth facing those things that the Holy Spirit brings those things to, to light in our lives? Absolutely it is. Absolutely it is. And so this evening, in this moment, I'd just like to invite us, we'll, we'll stand together and we're, we're going to invite the, 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 the original builder to come and build some stuff in our lives afresh. Uh, do, would you like to, to give some more space for the Holy Spirit to do that stuff in your life? Some of you would. Why don't we stand together? The band will come back up, I'm sure, in a moment. Let's show you pray. And why don't we start by saying, Here I am, Lord. Here I am. 
And just allow yourself to be seen by God. Holy Spirit, as we stand here before you in your presence, would you come in your power? Would you lead us, Lord Jesus? Would you, would you give us fresh energy, fresh desire to allow you to build and to renovate our lives with your things? There's things of the flesh, where there's things that are the complete opposite to, to who you are. Lord, would you bring those to light in our lives and would you help us to cut them off? To leave them behind, to leave them at the foot of your cross. Spirit, come and breathe your life. Come and build in our lives, Lord Jesus. <laughs>